You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Shuvah Sopoyeskim, in anticipation of Tu B'Shvat, which is from what time we're recording will be this coming week. Um, we have the Spus Godel, the COVID, uh, to be joined by Reptavid Kohn Shlita, someone who uh, is a well-known Koyach and Kashrist for many years. Uh, we did not, uh, uh, we weren't in Chicago at the same time, but I have very deep connections to Chicago, and I know Reptavid's uh, impact there has been immense, um, and this is over beyond the, the work that he's done in, 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 in writing. Uh, the Sorm Imre Tovid uh, on Kashris explained uh, in, a, in a straightforward, uh, in a clear way, a manner that alamit but also uplifts. Uh, he took the shear is dedicated um, uh, a very close shpoch of mine, um, Alan Kuttner, uh, Yehuda Abram, uh, Ben Rav Yeshua. Um, I think that he would uh, appreciate in his in his Ganadin the fact that we are speaking about because Apedres we're speaking about uh, uh, the, the significance of how you could be Nena from Pedres. There is a, as, as many of you might know, there's a discussion in the Paiskim whether you actually make Shachianu on Yerochis or not. One of the stories that is said to be Masber, why Shachianu is not said on Yerochis, even though they might also be Manalizman uh, and you might enjoy them is one of the, as far as that is said, is that the Shechiyonu Groch is a Groch that is about the Hanos HaChayim that one has when they realize the Teva the Rabbani Shalom gives us the sweet pleasure of life. And that's, of course, vegetables are nutritious and important. And uh, to continue your life in an important way and to do Avedas Hashem. But the Rekesh of Shechiyonu, the Simcha Sachayim, as the Rishonim say, that's necessary, that comes through Peiris specifically. And again, there's a Machlekes, whether you do say Peiris or not, on Yorkos or not, but I was moved by this idea, especially in, as far as the Nifter, um, Alan, Yehud Avrom, the, sim, the, the Simcha Sachayim that he had, uh, the sense of, of the new and the novel, um, and something that he was infectious, the way he brought that out, and I guess the same thing, though, the same way today, we don't really appreciate this Hano, this Shachiyonu anymore, of Achilas Peiris, because we have it all the time. But uh, when, when we don't have it, that's when we appreciate it being choser. Um, I think, and similarly, we, 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 all of us who were close to uh, Alan feel this chisorin, chisorin of, uh, of, his, of his presence not being with us. And this should be a sheer uh, wheel in Shmosa, and I thank Rabbi Cohen for allowing it to be this way. We're talking about uh, insects, uh, and particularly the requirement to check fruits and vegetables before we eat them. Um, and as we all know, um, a person is not allowed to eat an insect. Uh, and sometimes you know, right in front of you, you know that there's an insect in something. Like, for example, um, if you have a food, a uh, uh, grapefruit juice, that's colored with carmine. Carmine is made from the crushing up of this cochineal bug. Then you know that there's a bug in there. Um, or you pick up a, a, a piece of celery and you see on the bottom of the celery, you see there's a bunch of dead bugs sitting on there. So in that case, it's obvious there's a bug there. It's also mid the rice to eat it. That's obvious. 
Um, but in most cases, we look at fruits and vegetables where um, we don't see any insects. And the question is just, do I have to check it or how do I have to check it? Um, because there might be insects in there. So maybe there are, maybe there aren't. And that's, I'm approaching this as, should I check it or do I have to check this thing? Uh, and we understand intuitively that, there's, that not all vegetables are the same. Um, so some I do have to check and some I don't have to check or, or the, the, the rules may not be exactly the same for all items. We sort of, we figure that on our own, we understand that. But in truth, there are two dividing lines, two, two cutoffs that decide about when I do or don't have to check something. And the first is like this. If more than half of this type of food is going to have bugs in it, then <clears throat> mid I'm, I must assume that there's a bug in this item. And therefore, um, <clears throat> I have to get rid of the bugs, find them or get rid of them before I eat the food. Um, we call that their muhsik bitterlam. It's assumed that there are bugs in this food because in more than half the times it's going to be. And other times, but nowadays, it's not so common to have food that's that infested. Um, the, you know, the way the, uh, they do pest control on farms, etc., it's not so common to have that. So in cases where less than half of the food have bugs in them, midaraisa, you're not required to check it. But midarabonon, <clears throat> we say that if it's matsui, if it's a mir hamatsui, then you have to check the food. And midarabonon, you have to check that food. So... I'm going to explain what mir hamatsu means in a second. What does that mean? It's matsu. It's common. Matsu means common. You know, it's a mir hamatsu. It's a small amount that's common. I'll explain that in a minute. But the truth is, I just have to point. I want to point out that that idea that if something is matsu, then midrabanan you have to check for it. That's not a concept that starts in hilchas tilaim. In fact, the source of it is in hilchas trefas. Uh, where the rule is <clears throat> that there are many ways an animal could become a trefa. There could be something wrong with it that makes us say that this animal is a trefa. But in practice, the Gemara says the one thing we check for is they check the lungs. And the way the Rajva explains it is because um, it's matsui that the lungs will have uh, something wrong with them that would make the animal a trefa. And that's why you have to check for lungs. You don't have to check the brains. You don't have to check the tumus hagidin. You don't have to check uh, the atma. There's other ways that the animal could become a trefa. You're not required to check all those ways because you only have to check for things that are matsui. But that's, that's, of course, it happens to be that in practice nowadays, they check a little bit more for things that are, are matsui nowadays. But the concept comes from there. And that is that we only, you only require to look out for things that are matsui, that are common uh, for them, for, for it to happen or reasonably common for it to happen. And if it's, if it's rare that it should happen, um, then you're not required in describing what it means, uh, to be matsui. Um, there, there are, there's two basic approaches to what, what is considered matsui. Um, and then within those two approaches, there's even some breaks down a little bit further than that. And the first one is um, what uh, Ravosner and Rabelsky would say is, and they would say is what matsui means is that it's a situation where no one is surprised when they find an insect in this place. For example, if you pick up romaine lettuce and you find an insect in it, no one is surprised. Well, everybody knows that Roman lettuce has insects in it sometimes. Um, there's nothing strange about that. If I picked up a carrot and there was a bug inside of it, that would be, whoa, how strange that is that there's bugs in my carrots. Excuse me. <clears throat> so we would say that um, insects are matsui in lettuce, but they're not matsui in carrots because it's because you don't find at all any kind of surprise in that. that that's, that's how they looked at it. And however, that was one approach. Most hashkachas, most people involved in this, follow a Mishkanis Yaakov. The Mishkanis Yaakov says, 
um, that the way you decide whether something is mutsu or not is whether there's an infestation of, is it more than 10% of it is infested? Remember, I told you that if it's more than 50% of it is infested, then there's a chiv deraisi. You, you assume that, there's a, that there are bugs here and with the rice, you have to check it. If it's less than 50%, you don't have to, but the Mishnah Siyako says, he brings the right from a Gemara. And if it's more than 10%, that's when you have to do Midrabanan. But if it would be less than 10%, let's say it would be uh, 7%, then it would be less than 10%, then um, you don't need that, that you don't have to check it at all. It's not Motsu at all. Now, what did he mean when he said 10%? In an animal, it's a little sort of easier to figure out. If 10% of animals have, have uh, trafus in their lungs, we check them. If, they have, if less than 10% have trafus in their brains, we don't check them. Um, um, so there's, now there's different approaches to this. So Shlomzam Rabach and Rabbi Yashiv said that what it means, when we say 10, 10%, it means 10% of the units of the vegetable. Like, for example, if we have a lettuce, so we're talking about lettuce. So in, is there a bug in one of every 10 heads of lettuce? Each head is a unit. So in, in, would there be one bug in 10 heads? That's considered matzo. That's how they looked at it from the perspective of the vegetable, the food being checked. But Rav Schechter and Rav Schwartz did not think like that. They said, no, no, no. It doesn't, no one cares if there are bugs in vegetables. The, 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 the concern of bugs is because I might eat them. So we don't have to look at whether the, the, the units of the vegetables have it, the, the heads of lettuce. We have to look at the servings that a person would eat. So are, is there going to be a bug in every 10 servings a person is going to eat? So, for example, if that head of lettuce I just told you, one head serves five people, then it only considered matzo if there's one bug in every two heads, because the, there's those two heads serve 10 people. If there's one bug in two heads, then we say one, the 10% of the people who use this lettuce are going to be eating a bug. Then you have to check it. Um, okay, so that, that's now. With, there's yet even a further breakdown within this understanding that says you look by servings. What does that mean? How, what, do we mean an average serving? Or does it mean, uh, is that individual decision? Um, so most follow, which is, this is what the CRC does. We follow, we say it goes by serving sizes. And it goes by the serving of an average or the, the upper range of average of what of typical what a person would eat that food. Okay, so now I've told you some different ways of looking at it. But the truth is, none of these ways of measuring me and how much is perfect. Okay, each one of them has got their own issues. For example, um, I, I told you, Shlom Zaman says that it depends on the unit of the food. Okay, so for a head of lettuce, it's pretty easy. One head is one unit. What happens if it's a raspberry? So is it one in every 10 raspberries? Is it one in every 10 pints of raspberries? Well, what's the unit for the raspberry? And how about if it's parsley? Is it one strip piece of parsley? One bundle of parsley? Well, how are you going to make the decision? What about the opposite? What happens if the things that come in huge, like cabbages, there are cabbages that are used commercially, they come 10 pounds in a cabbage. So if, if that means is, so we say each cabbage is a unit. So that means is if there's one bug in 100 pounds of cabbage, I mean 10 cabbages, that's enough to be considered matzi. That seems odd also. So this idea to say by units, it sounds, it works well when we're talking about a head of lettuce. Everyone sort of sees that as the unit or, or one thing of celery. But what about when we have other things that are very small or very large? Okay, and what happens if, now let's go to the other people. We'll say we look by serving sizes. Well, what happens if the same food, the same food is used in different ways? And the example of that is basil. You could put basil in pasta sauce, salad dressing, veggie burgers, or pasta pesto. And each one of them uses a different amount. So the serving of basil is not the same for all of them. For example, one time they did a study on a certain part type of basil, 
And it turned out that there was one bug for every 80 servings of pasta sauce, one for every 250 servings of salad dressing, and one in every 300 serving of veggie burgers, because I guess there was very little parsley in all those. But guess what? In the pasta pasta pesto, there was one insect in every single portion, because pasta pesto was almost completely made, made out of basil. So which one of those is the serving? Which we say is is this considered mozzarella? It's not mozzarella. Well, it depends what you're eating with. So how are you going to decide cases? The difference between um, one cheat and the next is not so. In practice, is not usually such a difference. In, in practice, usually you could, the the experts who know these things can sort of figure out is it mozzarella is it not mozzarella. It doesn't make such a difference. There was one situation where there was a dramatic difference between these, and that was, um, as you may well know, um, there are something called copepods, a kind of insects. A kind of whatever, some kind of a, of a organism that lives in that's in the New York City water. We're not going to talk about whether that's mother usher. Let's work with the assumption that those insects are are usher. Okay, whether they are or not is not today's discussion. <clears throat> now, assuming that they were usher, the question was then: Is it matsui? Remember, if it's not matsui, if it if it would only happen one in every fifty servings, then we wouldn't have to care about it. It could be there, but I only have to worry about that if it's matsui. So the people who were involved in this, um, the people who were trying to, you know, suggest that it was usher, those people went around and they made all kinds of calculations to show that in fact it, that temp, there was a ten percent infestation level. Okay, well then that, that's what they were working on based on this idea of ten percent. Rebelsky said, he says, tell me something. He says there are I don't know eight nine million people living in New York City. Okay, the, people have been drinking New York City water for that's the same water for a hundred years, and all of them were surprised as anything to hear that there are bugs there. Even you go there today, you drink the water. No, most people who drink it wouldn't wouldn't believe that that there are bugs in there. So he says, "How can you tell me that it's matsui when nobody knows it's there?" No, everybody was really surprised to hear that. So in this case, Rogelski's way of looking at it as as are people surprised to hear there's an insect there that in fact um, said this should not be considered matsui. While the temp usually while the ten percent rule um, would say that it was matsui. Um, and so in this case, Rabelsky's approach was more lenient than the other ones were. Um, usually his is more strict, in fact. Okay, now, just other things to keep in mind when you're thinking about whether something is matsui is, um, first of all, we have to decide which insects are large enough to be forbidden. Again, not a topic for today, but only the ones that are big enough to be us are the ones that count. Also, we have to think about how are people going to eat this food? Like, for example, I mentioned to you celery beforehand. So celery... Um, there's lots of bugs on celery. If you know, if you take out a, a piece of celery off the thing, there's lots of times that there are bugs there. But everybody washes it off first. Well, after you wash it, there's almost very rarely are there bugs. So we have to think about, are we going to eat it before or after washing? And you have to think about the seasons that it grows on, locations of the farm, how they clean it, etc. So there's lots to think about in making a determination whether something is <clears throat> whether something is matsui, um, whether something is matsui or not. Okay, so now until now I've been talking to you about mir hamatsi. Now I'm going to move to the to, deciding is something matsui or is it not matsui. Now I'm going to move on to the idea of something being muksuk. So if you remember, I said to you, remember I said to you uh, <clears throat> that excuse me muksuk means is that more than half of the things have an insect in them. Okay, and so again, if it's even matsui, you already have to check it. But I'm going to talk to you about three different areas where it makes a difference to know whether it's just me and and I have to check it with Rabbanan, or is it Muxik and I have to check it with Deraisa? Check this food. So, if my requirement to check it is a Chiv Deraisa, 
um, midaris, I'm assuming that I have to assume that there's a bug in there. Then the fact that I can't check it or get it out doesn't make a difference. It's not going to help me anything. If, if I if I can't I can't check it, but in practice there's there is a I know that there's an insect in midaris, I'm to get it out. Too bad. But if it's Durabanan, then there's actually a basis for saying, if I have no way to check it, I have no way to um, get it out, Chazal maybe didn't make any requirement. They only said is, do what you can to get rid of it. But if it's po- impossible to do it, then it could be that I would not be, I would not have to do that. What would be the basis of that? Why would I think that if I can't get it out, then I'm not required to? So in the the, the source for that would come from Hilchus Trefus. As I mentioned to you, Hilchus Trefus is the, really the source that you have to check things in the first place uh, when it's Matsui. And it says like this, when, when, we, when you check, uh, when, when you check an animal, you need to check the lungs to see if the animal's a trefa. And um, what happens if you check the animal and the lungs got misplaced? Accidentally, they, they, no one got to check them before they got, they got taken away. So the Shulchan Aruch says, you're allowed to eat the meat. Why? Because <clears throat> the, the chiv to check it is only drabanan. Midaraisa, more than half of the animals are not trefas. So midaraisa, you're not required to check it. It's only midarabanan that you have to check it anyhow. So if it's impossible to check, then no problem. Then you could just, you could eat the meat and chazal <clears throat> just leave you as is. So according to the Shulchan Aruch, we have a basis for saying that if I can't check it anymore, then I'm okay and I can just eat the food. I could eat the meat. Now, in that case, in the case in the Ramah is Machmer, and he says that except in case of Hefzid Gadol, you should not eat the meat. So that would sound like you should, that would not help us over here. But Rabbi Yashif says that if you have a food that it, it will be impossible to check it, and that's going to make it also for an extended period of time, a whole season, you're not going to be able to eat this food. He says that qualifies as a Hefzid Gadol. So in our case, where if you had a food where it was impossible to check it, not in a one-time setup, but in a in a long-term setup that you will not be able to check this food, then the Rama um, would 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 agree um, that that if it's only if it's only me and Hamatsi, then you'd be allowed to eat. Okay, I'm talking very theoretical, but I'm going to give you now an example of this thing that I've been describing. And the example is um, <clears throat> frozen raspberries and blackberries. When the raspberries and blackberries are fresh, um, then it's possible to find and get the bugs out of them. And that is, you could take them, I, I, I don't have, I should show you a video of this, but you take them and you drop them, you know, onto a piece of paper from a foot or two up. And um, if you do it, you do it correctly, the bugs will leave, they just run out of the, out of the berry. I don't know, they're scared of it, whatever it is, but they run out and they leave, they leave the berries. Well, once you have frozen blackberries and raspberries, that's not going to work because the bugs are dead. And they're not going to be able to get out. So essentially, there's no the only way to do it, there are ways to get the bugs out. But once you did that, there would be no fruit left to eat. You'd basically destroy the fruit to eat it. So some, some people who are experts in these kind of work think say that raspberries and blackberries are more than 50% of them have bugs in them. Well, if that's true, the fact that I can't get the bugs out doesn't help me and I can't eat them. It won't make a difference if they're I can't eat them. Others believe that it's only mir hamatzi, meaning infestation level is not mochzik. It's only between ten and fifty percent. In which case, um, I would be I'd be allowed. To, this what I just said to you would be correct, which is I can't get it. <clears throat> I have no way to get it out. It will mean that I can't eat this food, and therefore I would not be required. I'd be allowed to eat it without doing anything else to it. Now, there is a challenge to what I just said. And then my example, a challenge to this example. And the challenge is that 
I, I, as I said to you, in fresh raspberries and blackberries, there are things to do to get the bugs out. Frozen, there isn't. So maybe it's not fair to say that, oh, I just can't, I can't eat frozen blackberries and therefore um, I, I'm allowed to say it's like a hefzid gogum. No, maybe not. You say, come on, you could have eaten fresh. So they say, I only want to eat frozen blackberries or I can only get frozen raspberries. That might be um, not a, a, an accurate uh, portrayal to say that therefore it should be mother. Okay, but anyway, but as an example, it was a good process, as an example of this idea that sometimes it's not possible to check it. You then it would depend. If it was mostly to lime, you would have you couldn't eat the food. If it was just to be an amatsu, you'd be allowed to eat it. Okay, now to a second application. What happens if when something is mostly to lime, when it's more than 50% of them have bugs, we ass- we know we assume that there's for sure an insect inside there. If it's me and hamatsu, then it's Possible disabundant idea. So the Shokhanar slash the Shach says that is that an afmi is like this. What happens if I took the food and I cooked the food without checking it? I was supposed to check it, I forgot to, something happened, and I, I cooked it without checking the food. Now, when you cook a vegetable uh, that or, or something that might have bugs in it, in, in most cases, that means is there's a chance that the cooking will break apart the bugs, either disintegrate them completely, or at least break them apart to the point that they're not a barrier and they can be buckled. So at, to the point that the food will be mutter. Now, I don't know that that's what happened. It's possible that the cooking did that, and it's possible that it didn't. No one really knows. So if the whole infestation level was just me and Hamatsui, it was only a suffolk in the first place. Maybe there's a bug, and therefore I have to check. Maybe yes, and maybe not. Now there's a second suffolk, which is the second suffolk is um, maybe the cooking destroyed the bug that would have been in there. That counts as a sex veka, and therefore I'd be allowed to eat the food bidievit. If it was already cooked, I'd be allowed to eat it. If it had been mochsigatoin, we knew that there was a bug in there, then, then I, I know that I, I have to assume that there's a bug inside of there. The fact that the cooking might have destroyed that might have destroyed the bug is not good enough. It's just one suffolk. A Suffolk, we'll call it a Suffolk device. I will not be allowed to eat that food. I would only be allowed to eat it if the 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 processing was so s- serious that I know for sure it was destroyed. Like, for example, if I made jelly, okay, I took raspberry jelly. So jelly is different than jam. Jelly is made by turning, you first liquefy the food, like you make grape juice out of the grapes, and then you turn it, then you solidify it back into a jelly, as, as opposed to a jam, which is just ground up fruit. Um, so if I turned it into a jelly, I turned it into a complete liquid first. I know for sure the bugs have been, you know, obliterated at that point. Then um, if it had been done by the Evid, you'd be allowed to eat it, even if it was muxig, otherwise you wouldn't be allowed to. And now for our last nafkamina, um, which for many people is very practical, um, is that like this. The two things I told you until now about a food that was already cooked or, or you'd be impossible to check it, um, those are cases of the Evid. Something happened. Uh, I don't want to say both are cases where there's nothing, there's no way to check the food. At this point, there's nothing to check. I can't possibly cook the, check the cooked food or the food that can't be checked. And then I have a question. But now we have a question is of a, 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 an application of a person who could do it even to not check a food that could be checked. And that is like this. We, we have a general rule that um, a person can't take an iser, something that's usser, and do something to get it mixed in into a food in a way that makes it mutter. Okay, you're not allowed to take, I take a little bit of iser, pour it into my soup, and I know it's going to be butter. You're not allowed to do that. So um, <clears throat> like in the case beforehand, I told you about the food that was cooked, 
and now I made a speck faker and you're allowed to eat it. That's only what to be the evidence if you already did it. You're not allowed to do that on purpose. You're not allowed to purposely uh, cook food and then say, ha ha, and I turned it into a speck faker and now I'm allowed to eat it. And that, that's a, a type of aim of the Now, but there's an exception to the rule of aim of the And that is what happens if I'm trying to do a specific, something and I know that inadvertently that's going to lead to bitl of the isra. That's that's called I'm not trying to do the bitl. I know it might happen or will happen, but I'm not trying to do it. It's just happening sort of on the side. My, my main goal is something else that's not included in So the Mechaber applies this to the, to the halachas of uh, checking items for, for bugs. The case he specifically is talking about is wheat kernels. I, I, had, I have wheat kernels that I think may be infested, so I'm required to check them. Now, most people don't eat wheat kernels as is. They grind them into flour first, and then you use them for baking. Well, so the person, when he grinds the wheat kernels, what's going to happen to them? He's got good chance. Um, what's going to happen is, is that the, a good chance that the bugs will get ground up, just like in the cooking case. Uh, and therefore, <clears throat> and therefore um, so the Shokhanach says, is you're allowed to grind the wheat, knowing that that, might lead, that will cause the bugs to get the, the Bugs will get ground together with the wheat also. Uh, and I'm allowed to do that. Even I don't have to check the wheat first. And that's because um, and that's because my goal here is to grind wheat. I'm making flour. I do that every day of the week. I, try, I grind my wheat into flour. The fact that that gets rid of the bugs also, that's in Kavanaugh's And that's okay for me to do that. So now there are two conditions to this cool that I'm, I said to you. One comes from a Taz. One comes from a Rikvega with Navy Huda. Okay. And there are two, two conditions. The first is, this only works if the infestation is just mir hamotzi. If the infestation is, if the food is muhzibik teloyim, this will not work. It only, again, it only works when it's a suffix, when it's a, when it's a mir hamotzi, then it would work. Second is, that the, it, it only works is if the person takes steps to show that he's not trying to get the bugs in here. He has to do some kind of a, 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 a minimal cleaning or, or, or inspection to show that he's not trying to get the bugs in here, and that makes them sort of They're just happening sort of by, by sort of by mistake. And the applications that we have for this are: we have two very practical applications. Then it's the same idea: smoothies and broccoli kolo. In both cases, you're taking a food that could have bugs in it. In the case of smoothies, we'll say you're taking strawberries, and in the case of broccoli kolo, you're taking broccoli. So both of those are foods that need to be checked before you eat them. Now. The, the person who's making the smoothie or the broccoli kugel, what's he doing? He's going to grind up, he's going to grind up the, the strawberries and the broccoli in order to make his, his food. Now, the reason why he's grinding up the food is not because he's trying to get rid of the bugs. He's grinding it up because that's how you make a smoothie. You don't, you don't put in whole strawberries, you grind them up and you make a smoothie out of it. Um, so the person is in Kavanaugh's He's not here to try to grind up the bugs and make a suffix that the bu- to make the bugs allowed to be in them. So if the strawberries or the other ingredients or the broccoli are only considered meat hamatsu, and the person does a some kind of a, a brief washing or rinsing to try to get rid of bugs that are easy and on the surface, then um, the person would be allowed to make this food. We would say is, it's only meat hamatsu. He took a step that shows that he's trying to get rid of the bugs. So the, And he's doing a, making a food that that's how you make the food. You grind up, it's part of the making the food. That would be mutter for the person to do that.
But that's only true if it's mihamatzi. If it's muxik, if the, the infestation level is to the point that it's muxik bitilam, it's more than half of them, then um, this would not be mutter. The person would not be allowed to do this. So um, that is to say, is before you jump ahead and do this, you need to talk to your local expert or call the CRC office or whoever it is, talk to someone and say to them, tell me, I want to use broccoli. I want to use uh, uh, strawberries. I want to use raspberries. I want to use lettuce. I want to use whatever it is in my smoothie or in the food that I'm going to be making this with. Is it me and Amatsu or is it Moksabitilan? Um, and in fact, if you look at our, our website, when it tells you, it talks about making smoothies, it will say you can use these things in, in smoothies without checking and or just with a quick rinse and other things you cannot use. And that's what the, the dividing line is between are they me, just me and Hamatsui, in which case this would be allowed, or are they Moksab and they would not be allowed. Rabbi, as, as we end off today and we are approaching to Bishvat, would you say that there's any specific pay race of Tushvat that we should, our antennas should be up on. Um, so so, so uh, as, as I had said to you before we spoke, that for the practical, I would just tell you to look at our website. I, I don't remember if, you know, raspberries and blackberries and strawberries, all these different berries um, definitely have insects in them. They need to be checked or, or you know, or, or inspected. Um, other fruits, I have, most the fruits tend to not have insects in them. Um, I guess you could have next week someone give a share whether raspberries are, Fruits or vegetables, right? That, that's its own question, what they are. Um, but, uh, you know. Well, one of the things that Tu Bishvat uh, lent itself to, just because of the way it was sort of celebrated, quote unquote, was drying the fruit. And I remember hearing that dried raisins, was there some reason why the drying of the raisins somehow led to a, a worse of a problem than the grapes themselves? Okay, so, so I can explain that to you. Um, it's a Taz, actually. Um, and the same thing they do now as they did, you know, how many hundred years ago the Taz lived. Uh, and that is like this. Um, grapes, whole grapes, to our knowledge, don't have any bugs in them. You know, there's no place for bugs to hide in them. The way you make raisins is, the, the traditional way, and they still do in lots of places like that, is they take the grapes, lay them down on the floor, they snip them off the, off the vine, lay them down on the floor, and come back a week later, and they're raisins. So what happens is, is that the grapes sit there they eventually crack open and they the, the juices evaporate and drain out and, and dries out and becomes a raisin. Well, when that happens, that's an invitation to bugs to come attack this this food. You know, they, they, there's nothing to get out of the whole grape, but this raisin with all this uh, sweet juice pouring out of it is a great invitation for bugs to come. So bugs who come, they come and they go. That's not That wouldn't be a problem. The problem is that they lay eggs in in the grape slash raisin um, and those eggs eventually hatch now if the egg hatches and the bug leaves again no problem the problem is if the if the egg hatches and the bug stays inside so that means is you may open up a raisin and you would find the bug inside of it from those bugs that were hatched from eggs that were laid in so that comes to a, a different din and that is that uh, uh, bugs uh, bugs that are on the ground are only usher if they either were uh, born on the ground attached to the ground or they walked on the ground um, if they never walked on the ground they're not usher and therefore the, the bugs that are in the raisins by their nature were, they didn't come when it was attached to the ground they don't come onto the grape they come onto the raisin um, they don't come when they're attached to the ground and if they're still inside the raisin they never walked on the ground because they were they were hatched in here and they never went anyplace else. 
that they the egg was laid here. If they would have left, if they would have walked, they would be gone. They would have flown away to wherever they go to. So therefore, those bugs are mutter. So it's more likely for there to be bugs in raisins than to be in grapes. But the bugs are mutter because we know that those bugs are bugs that came once the grape was taken off the off the tree and the of the vine. And those grapes and those bugs never walked on the ground. So those bugs are mutter. It's an unusual case, but those are bugs that are off the tree. That would be then the bugs would be mutter. But that's not necessarily the case. In the case of the grapes, there are no, the bugs don't come in when they're attached to the ground. In other other fruits, I can't tell you that. So you know, in other fruits, there are definitely worms and bugs in them. I think about dates have them. Um, I don't remember figs. I don't think figs do, but I don't remember. But I think dates do. Those the concern is that they come in when it's attached to the tree still, uh, or is it on the ground still? Uh, if it's if it's still attached to the tree, then those bugs are usher. Because of the own the heter in the raisins is because they come in their their hatch when it's off the ground. Um, that's not true for Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.